What's up, everyone? This is the first episode of the Gridiron Bench Squad podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm your co-host, Zach. On today's episode, we will be diving into the QB situations throughout the NFL. We're going to be looking at new faces and new places, teams that should win now and rebuild later, and vice versa. All right, so in the most recent news, Carson Wentz being traded to the Colts for a 2021 third-rounder and a conditional 2022 second-rounder. Zach, what's your thoughts on this? Personally, I think this is a great fit for Carson Wentz just because we all know how bad the Eagles' offensive line is, Yep. right? So if you put him behind arguably the best offensive line in the league in Indianapolis's offensive line with some better weapons like T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Jack Doyle, because Zach Ertz was hurt for the yeah. entire year, basically. Yeah. I think he could possibly return almost to his 2017 MVP caliber season. Chris, like, add, add some more to this. Yeah, and a big part of this is being able to have some pressure taken off him with the running back combo and Jonathan Taylor yeah. and Naeem Hines. He didn't really have that in Philly. He had some pretty unknown names like Boston Scott, Corey Clement, just guys that weren't really known for the things that guys like Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines are doing. John, Jonathan Taylor is really big, really splashing onto the scene on the ground, and a nice combo with Naeem Hines is a big third down back, big receiving back, able to add plenty of depth and, like I said, take a lot of pressure off Wentz being in a new place with a lot of expectations being around him. Granted, Miles Sanders is a good running back. He just he has his ups and downs. He has good games, then he has his bad games, then there's games when he's on the sideline injured. So he's he's hit or miss on if he's good or not, really. And Jonathan Taylor and Naomi Hines are both proven to be good consistently. And along with that blockbuster trade, there's a significant change of face in the NFC quarterback room between the Lions and the Rams. Zach, let's get into this. As we all know, Matthew Stafford was dealt from the Lions to the Rams, and Jared Goff was dealt from the Rams to the Lions. In my opinion, Goff's really not going into the best situation. The talent in that room is really not anything significant. I mean, he's got he's got Galladay, but he's a free agent, and he's likely going to be walking out the door. That's really leaving him with Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. I now, Detroit also has the seventh overall pick in this year's draft. They could do what they were originally going to do and take a quarterback to go behind Goff, let him sit for a year, see how Goff does, like the whole Jordan Love thing in Green Bay. But they could also try and build around Goff by taking a receiver or even another tight end to pair with Hawkinson. But... Detroit will likely pick a useless linebacker like they usually do. Yeah, really wouldn't doubt that. But uh, moving on to L.A., Stafford's really being put in a great offensive situation. He's got a lot of talent around him, starting in the backfield with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. He's got Higby at tight end. And he's also got a nice receiving duo in Robert Woods on the outside and Cooper Cup in the slot. Like you said, I think Stafford is being put into a great spot. And most people have always said that Stafford is underrated in the NFL. He's usually a top 10 quarterback. Put him in an offense with two great receivers, other good surrounding pieces, a good offensive line, and great coaching. 
could he possibly be in the MVP conversation next year? I think MVP conversation might be a little bit of a stretch for Stafford, but depending on how supporting cast goes, it could definitely be a possibility. And back in Detroit, he really didn't have a lot of talent around him. Yes, he had Calvin Johnson, easily stud, one of the best receivers of our generation, but even that didn't make a difference. He was really the only bright spot on that team aside from Stafford. And overall, Stafford easily gets the better deal out of these two quarterbacks. He gets a brand-new supporting cast with a load of talent. As compared to Goff, he's really not working with too much. Now, there's also another quarterback in the league that has been persistently asking for a trade for weeks, yet his team has not shown any interest in trading him. Chris, what are your thoughts about Deshaun Watson? Uh, I think Watson really just needs to get out of there one way or another. And another team really needs to take his contract hit with him. He's just too good of a player, too generational of a talent to be wasting away on a team like the Texans with loads of internal issues and supporting cast issues. It's not even worth going into right now. Maybe next week we'll go, we'll dive into that more. But right now, I think Watson just needs to leave the Texans one way or another, any way that he can and find a breath of fresh air somewhere else. So, Zach, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I totally agree with you, man. The Texans, last year, they were up 24 nothing against the Chiefs in the AFC Divisional round. And now they went 4-12, and lost J.J. Watt, and now their quarterback wants out. There's got to be something internal going on there, like you said. Also, if Watson can go somewhere that has even remotely a better coaching staff and player staff like send him to the broncos he would overly exceed expectations even perform better than he did on the texans granted if you're an nfl team and you're in need of a quarterback and you don't make a call for a 25 year old quarterback or 26 however old he is and he's the top five in the league there there's something wrong with you yeah, and I think a Bron- I think the Broncos is easily one of the best spots for him. They've got loads of talent and a ton of interest in them. I mean, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. Jerry Judy's in there. Jerry Judy, Philip Lindsay. They they can get it, and they got enough pieces. They can send over Drew Locke to Houston along with a few picks. But overall, I in my opinion, I think Denver would be a great spot for Watson to go to. Yeah, Denver along with San Francisco, he's been interested with. Obviously, the Jets need a quarterback, but who knows what the Jets organization, they are just stinky. Um, But yeah, so anywhere that Watson goes besides Houston, he will succeed and help that team win. Speaking of the Jets, they're in a pretty tough QB situation as well. Like we previously said, they could make a push for Deshaun Watson, offer a bunch of draft capital, maybe even a player, but it's unknown if they would want to do that sacrifice so much with very little supporting cast around anyone on that team they could stick with sam darnold try and build around him like they have previously done hopefully do it successfully this time or they can even trade darnold away get some draft capital and take a qb at two there's a bunch of qbs available obviously trevor lawrence will be gone but they could take zach wilson who's been a proven number two In this quarterback draft, Justin Fields will be there. Trey Lance will be there. Even Mac Jones will be there. But Mac Jones is more like a late first-rounder, early second-rounder. Chris, what are your thoughts on the Jets' QB situation? 
Uh, I feel like a big part of the situation ties in with the amount of salary cap that the NFL gives the Jets as well as every other team in the league. They got a lot of opportunities to sign a lot of different people involving supporting cast, linemen, receivers, running backs, tight ends. They really have a lot of options they could work with because pretty much every position needs help. Jamison Crowder was easily a big bright spot of that Jets offense last year, but they're going to need someone else to get it done aside from him. Uh, I think they should pursue probably a tight end would be their biggest need because Crowder's already got his spot locked in. I think Mims could have a potential breakout year and tight ends really the only weak spot left that they could use out of the receiving core. So I think it would be big for Darnold or whoever quarterback is going to be taking snaps on her center there at the start of the season, but they're definitely going to need talent around them no matter what quarterback lines up. Uh, for strictly quarterback, I think that if I were the head coach, I would build up the talent around Darnold, give him one more year, and if that doesn't work out, there's going to be a ton of talent coming out of next year's quarterback class and see what happens with that. Zach, your thoughts on the Jets? I totally agree, dude. I think Darnold is very, I don't want to say underrated because he hasn't had much success in the NFL so far, but look at the teams that he's been on. He's a great, great quarterback. He's talented. He's got a high football IQ. He can move. He's young, too. He was one of the youngest players to ever get drafted. He was 20 when he got drafted. So if you can give him someone like an Allen Robinson who's a free agent or a Kenny Galladay or even a Juju, although Juju, a lot of people hate him, whatever, (laughs) Um, I think that Darnold can have success if he has the right pieces around him. Now, if the Jets decide to move on from Darnold and deal him to another team, they're kind of putting themselves in a tough spot. Now, we all know that Joe Flacco is not elite, and I emphasize the not. Um, They would be just left with him as their quarterback. Obviously, that's not what you want. They would have to draft a quarterback in in all reality. There's no really free agent quarterback who could be a starter. Unless you're thinking of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's old. And you want to build the future, not for one year. So I think the Jets will most likely take Zach Wilson at the second spot. He's sort of like a Darnold, like that type of quarterback. Mostly a pocket passer. He can run if he has to. He's got great deep ball accuracy, but you also have to look at the level of competition he played. BYU is not a big football school. The best team they played last year was Coastal Carolina. Granted, they were ranked, but it's not the competition of NFL players like the Bamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, etc. Chris, what do you think is the best option for the Jets to do with their second overall pick? Second overall pick, in my eyes, I think they should definitely be looking at Justin Fields. He's just got that it factor. He's able to get the job done. And like Zach was saying before, he's he's played against the competition. He's played against Bama. He's played against Clemson. He's played against the SEC. He's got the right tools, and he knows what to do. I think that if the Jets do deal Darnold, 
or even if they don't deal him, they should still grab Fields at number two. And if they don't deal Darnold, they should let Fields sit under him, watch him, learn him, and try to get the right idea. And if they do deal Darnold, I think Fields is going to be stepping in immediately, making a big impact. But this all goes back to basing talent around the quarterback position, regardless of who it's going to be. they got to get some more helpful supporting cast, whether it be linemen, whether it be free agent wide receivers, free agent running backs, whatever it could be, they got to get some help around them, regardless of who's going to be starting there. The only other option that the Jets really have is to trade out of the second pick, grab some more picks, and try to grab Mac Jones later on. Uh, Zach, get some more on this. Yeah, so like Chris said, trading out of the second pick wouldn't be a terrible option for the Jets. Granted, they would lose out on the second-best quarterback in the draft, but there's such a talent differential between Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the group that it honestly might be worth it to get more draft capital, take a quarterback with one of the picks that you get later in the draft. Like It could be Mac Jones in the late first round. It even could be Kyle Trask in the second or third. There are so many options that come with trading back that realistically you would think the Jets can't mess up. But, Chris, it's the Jets. It's been proven time and time again that it's always possible for the Jets to mess something up. Exactly. And next up in the list, we're going with the Steelers quarterback situation. Big Ben, free agency, a lot of things can happen. So what I'm saying is I think with the salary cap that the Steelers have right now, there's not really a lot of options with Ben unless they pay him pretty much league minimum to stay for one more year. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he could be cut or he should just retire, honestly, in my point of view. But for now, I'm going to pass this to the big Steelers fan, Zach, here. Yeah, so this is a this has been an ongoing situation with the Steelers for a while now. They've pushed Ben's due money back and back, and now it's finally catching up to them this year. And realistically, you can't have a 39-year-old quarterback with a $41.5 million cap hit on your team because the Steelers are behind in cap anyways, and with the salary cap likely going down, there's no way that they can build a team that is championship-worthy with that cap hit. Now, like Chris said, they could extend Ben, force the money over the next two years, even if he does retire after this season, if he even comes back, that is. That will spread out the cap hit where there will be a known fact that the salary cap will be higher in the next two years. They could cut him, or they could do what they did to Troy Palomalu and basically say, we will not have you back if you don't retire. We don't want to cut you. We respect you. But you are not the Steel- like you are not the quarterback for the Steelers anymore. They could also do that. Now, they did bring in Dwayne Haskins in free agency for league minimum one year, $750 million a year. But it is yet to be proven that Dwayne Haskins can be a good starting quarterback in the league. They also have Mason Rudolph, who, granted, he made strides from his performance in 2019 to the one game he started this year 
this past season against the Browns. But is that who you want to rock with too? Because he's going to be a free agent after this upcoming season. So it is likely that the Steelers are going to bring in a quarterback either through free agency or through the draft. This year, after the Steelers lost to the Browns in the wild card round, they were given the 24th pick in the draft. Now, that seems a little bit too late to get one of the top four or even five quarterbacks. So the only way the Steelers would be able to draft, quote-unquote, their guy for the future is if they made a trade-up, which some people say it's possible for them to trade up and draft someone like Trey Lance because the Steelers are interested in him. He's a great throwing quarterback. He's a good running quarterback, too. But you also have to think about the level of competition, like we were talking about with Zach Wilson. He plays in the FCS, so he's not even in the top Division I football level. He goes to North Dakota State, which is the same school that Carson Wentz went to. But I can guarantee you there are not that many NFL-caliber players who are playing against Trey Lance. Now, you would have to wait and see if training camp comes about or preseason games, if he actually can play the way that he played in college. But like I said, that's that's all going to be a, a future thing. You have to take the risk if you think he's your guy. Another thing about Trey Lance, though, is his season got canceled after one game because of COVID. Granted, he had a great 2019 campaign, but the one year that he missed due to COVID is going to be a major decision for teams to make if they want to pull the trigger on him because he's been out of the game for so long. You don't know if he's gotten better or regressed as a player. It is it is all going to depend on the fact if he can go to a good team with good coaches and good surrounding players, really. Chris, do you have anything else to add about the Steelers quarterback room? Uh, I think Trey Lance could be, or that could be, he is a wild card. Like Zach said, he could definitely be a big hit. He could be a big miss. We just don't know until that risk is taken. Um, I think adding Haskins in the offseason was really a safe thing to do just because Ben is very uncertain if he's coming back or not, and if he does come back, what his contract will be, what that means for the guys around him in terms of money. So there's a lot that goes into really just one signing. But in my opinion, I think the Steelers quarterback room is definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be interesting for this upcoming season. Now, moving on to the Washington football team, like a lot of teams out there right now, complete uncertainty in who their starter is going to be for this upcoming season. Everyone knows Alex Smith and his story, how he rehabbed and had a really good comeback from that. But I'm not sure how much, in my eyes, how much longer he can hang on to that starting position under center. Uh, they did re-sign Taylor Heineke after his phenomenal performance in the NFC wildcard against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And he really just lit it up in that game. He was finding open receivers, throwing guys open. He was doing a really good job. But uh, back to the modern day, I think that 
Washington is one of the better off teams in terms of a quarterback right now because they have a guy for the next few years who can definitely get the job done, and they have another guy who's young who has flashed the talent that it takes to be a starter. And I think that we'll be seeing more Taylor Heineke coming up in the near future. Zach, what's your thoughts on Washington's situation? So, like you said, Alex Smith is the pinnacle of feel-good stories in the NFL. Literally almost died from an injury that he suffered in-game. Came back, started, had success, led his team to the playoffs. But he could quite possibly not be the future of this team. He's old, or old for an NFL player. Heineke, he had one game, but we don't really know if he's the truth or not. Washington has the 19th pick in the draft, so they're kind of in a similar boat as the Steelers. It could be too late for them to draft a top guy who could be their future. They could hope that Mac Jones is there, which he probably will be, but is he the guy? Is he the future? Or do you stick with Smith and Heineke for another year, build around them, get someone opposite of Terry McLaurin, who is a great receiver, and have them both succeed? They could also use a tight end, although Logan Thomas had success, so I don't know if they necessarily need that. They have a good running back in Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick is a good third down back. And their defense is good, so really all they need to do is get a great, talented receiver to go along with Terry McLaurin, and that will give them success no matter who is that quarterback, whether it be Alex Smith, whether it be Taylor Heineke, or something random, completely different happens from what we're talking about right now where they just change their mind and somehow maybe even sign Cam Newton because he's a free agent out of New England, and a bunch of New England executives have said they don't feel they want to bring Cam Newton back. And that's a topic we'll get into later in this podcast, but Cam Newton could be an option for the Washington football team. Speaking of Cam Newton, why don't we dive into his old team's QB situation right now? Chris, how do you think the Carolina Panthers are going to solve their QB problem? I think one thing that they could do is they can definitely offer a package for Deshaun Watson. They got the picks, and they definitely got a player named Christian McCaffrey who they could they could be willing to send to Houston in order to get Deshaun Watson. And we saw last season that Mike Davis was able to get the job done with McCaffrey out. So see, with that on the table, it's definitely possible that something along the Texans and Panthers could happen with McCaffrey and Watson. I wouldn't really doubt it if it did happen, and I would honestly be surprised if it didn't. Plus, that gives, like, every, like everything else would, it gives Watson a new home. It, gives, it gets him away from that complete question mark of front office in Houston. And I'd say really outside of Denver... Carolina's got the best ability to give Houston things that they want and things that they really need with a running back being a big need for Houston. So 
I think one of my top spots that I can see happening is definitely Carolina. Carolina and Denver have got to be the top two in my eyes. So with that being said, Zach, how are you feeling on Carolina's quarterback situation? First of all, I think you're crazy for saying that the Panthers could put CMC in a trade offer to get Deshaun Watson. Don't get me wrong. I do think they should pursue Deshaun Watson, but just you can't give up Christian McCaffrey. He's the best player in franchise history, probably. And he's just, he's just too much of a, a talented player. You, I would personally give more draft picks for him, but there's, a, there's no way they get rid of CMC is all I'm saying. Well, going back to their quarterback situation, they have the eighth pick in the draft this year, so they have the opportunity to get one of the top four guys. And when I say top four guys, I'm not including Lawrence because he's the unanimous first overall pick. So top four to me is Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. So they will have the opportunity to take one of those four, which I think they should do. One, because they need a future quarterback, and those guys are all, or they were at least studs in college. Um, And two, Teddy Bridgewater, he did not really perform the way that we thought he would after he came over from New Orleans. He has one year left on his deal. Could he be a cap casualty? And when I say cap casualty, I mean someone who is a good player but is cut to free up cap space. Could he be a cap casualty? No one knows. They could also just stick with him for another year and build around him and prepare for the future after him because I just, I just don't see them re-signing him after the way he played this year unless he somehow goes out of his mind and has an MVP caliber season, which how likely is that? Not very, but... All in all, I think they should take a quarterback at the eighth overall pick in the draft because there is no one else that would fit their spot. Would Cam Newton want to come back? Probably not. And there's no other really good available free agent quarterbacks for them to pursue. Staying with the NFC South, we have a division rival of the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Chris... The Falcons have their franchise quarterback in Matt Ryan, and they have had for years. He's been an MVP, led him to a Super Bowl, but he's getting up there in age. So how do the Falcons use this draft and possibly free agency to prepare for their future without Matt Ryan? So with the Falcons having the fourth pick in the draft, I think that they're going to have, I'd say, a decent selection of the, the higher-ranked quarterbacks not being Trevor Lawrence. Because I think the Jets are going to go either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. Uh, I think it would be too early for Lance and too early definitely for Mac Jones. But I think the Falcons can definitely still pull a good quarterback out of the draft this year. Uh, Free agency, I can't really see them making a heavy splash for QB in free agency. I don't think... They're going to go too hard for Watson, and if you're not going all in on Watson, you're definitely not going to get him from the Texans. So going off from that point, Zach, what do you think about the Falcons? I mean, I totally agree with you. I think that 
the opportunity is there for them to get their future quarterback at the fourth spot, whether it be Fields or Zach Wilson. Like Chris said, Trey Lance is not worthy of the fourth pick, nor is Mac Jones. And they haven't shown any interest in Deshaun Watson for a trade. But there have been rumors that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. Now, I'm not saying that they would move on from Matt Ryan to take an older quarterback. But if they want a quarterback who is known to have a few more good years left, Rodgers literally just won MVP this year. His level of play is superb. And pair him with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, I think they could make some splash plays. Now, I'm not saying that could happen, but you, you never know what is going to go down with these executives and GMs and stuff with NFL teams. Again, sticking with the NFC South, we will move on to the New Orleans Saints. Now, the Saints will be in some deep trouble if Drew Brees decides to retire like everyone thinks he's going to. They have Jameis Winston on their roster, who, when he played, which was one snap, he threw for a touchdown. They also have Taysom Hill, who started a few games, looked all right running the ball, threw a couple good passes, but he's really just a utility player. You can't really have him as your future franchise quarterback, so... Chris, tell me how you think the Saints should operate this offseason. I think they they can definitely roll with Winston out of the gate. I definitely wouldn't start Taysom Hill just because he's not the guy at QB. He's definitely a guy who can pull it off, but he's more of like a utility guy, like like you said. He's a running back. He's a receiver. He's a tight end. He's whatever you want him to be, but... I wouldn't start him at quarterback. I would say if Breeze is back, that's going to close the case for who's starting, but that's obviously up in the air. I think Jameis Winston could probably step in and do an okay job. Uh, last time he was a starter in Tampa, not too good to say the least. But, um, yeah, I would definitely say that Jameis could get the job done to some extent. And in the draft this year, the Saints with the 28th pick, I can't really see any first-round talent being there. There's the slight possibility of Mac Jones, but like I said, that's probably not going to happen. And in the free agency waters, the Saints really can't do anything. They got a ton of negative cap. They're not going to be able to sign anyone that will really make an impact like maybe Jameis Winston will. So... Going into the next season, I think if Breeze is back, done deal. If he's not, I think it'll be, I'd say, more of an 80-20 split between Jameis taking most of the reps. He'll definitely getting more reps than he normally would at QB, but with most of those reps likely being designed QB runs. And so we're going to pass it over to Zach. What's your thoughts on the Saints QB room right now? Yeah, so Chris basically went over everything that is really on the table for the Saints. Like you said, the 28th pick, there's the possibility that Mac Jones will be there. And like I've previously said, we don't know if Mac Jones is that guy for any team, let alone the Saints. They most likely will stick with Jameis Winston just because 
of the negative cap hit that they have, they're down $90 million, which is almost like an all-time high for any NFL team in history. So they're, they're really, really not in a good spot. This is all if Breeze is retiring, and that's really up to him. He basically decides the future of the Saints with what he wants to do this offseason. But he is most likely going to be gone with retirement. Going along with retirement and the NFC South, Tom Brady, the Super Bowl champ, has shown no signs of retirement. So I'm going to pass this section over to Chris, who is the Bucks fan in the podcast group. So I think Brady, it's the same thing every year. And back when he was in New England, oh, he's only got one more year. He's only got one more year, one more year, and he's done. I think that he's got right now at least two more years. He looked very good throwing the deep ball this year. He looked very good in general. Had a big, big help from the offensive line. Tristan, Tristan Wirfs being drafted this year was a huge pickup for the Bucks. And overall, the offense, it took, it took the first few weeks of the season for everyone to really get in sync, for Brady to get in sync with the receivers, timing on routes, things like that. But once that started to click with, each, with everyone, it was full throttle, pedal to the metal, just all gas, no brakes. The offense really looked pretty phenomenal throughout the year. Yes, there was the Saints games and a few other low-scoring affairs, but, I mean, for the majority, towards the middle from the end of the season, a lot of high-scoring games, a lot of productive offense, and a lot of bang-bang highlight plays. Can't say much about when you win a Super Bowl, so that's all I'll say. That's, that's all it is. So heading over to the East Coast in the state of Florida, we find ourselves in Miami, where earlier this offseason there were rumors about the Dolphins wanting to trade Tua Tagovailoa to the Texans in a deal with Deshaun Watson. However, this morning, SportsCenter tweeted that executives in the Miami organization have committed themselves to Tua and want him to be the future of their team. Chris, do you have anything to say about this? I think this is a pretty good idea by the Dolphins' front office. Tua definitely showed a lot of flashes this past season, and I think after showing enough promise, I believe that it's definitely a good idea to keep him, keep working on him, and build that that bond with the organization and the rest of the team that he got to know here. And I just believe that Tua will be staying in Miami for years to come. So, Zach, should we really bother staying in Florida for this convo right now? Because, I mean, it's pretty obvious what the Jaguars are going to do, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, we could dive into it a little bit, but I think we all know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback for the Jaguars for years to come. And if for some reason the Jaguars don't take Trevor Lawrence, they're really just putting a bad curse on themselves for years to come. I mean... They were 1-15, in 15, and, you know, I'll never forget the tweet that they put out after week one. 1-0 one and, and we're not satisfied, they went 1-15. in 15. So if they want to get rid of that mojo, you take Trevor Lawrence to be the quarterback of your franchise. So continuing on the topic of franchise quarterbacks, we're going to take a crack into the Bears now. And the Bears have been a very iffy quarterback situation for the last few years. Trubisky is 
not the guy for the job there, to say the least. But they don't really have a lot of options outside of him. And there's just no way that Allen Robinson stays in Chicago this offseason. He's easily going to be sent somewhere else. And they're really, I wouldn't see a quarterback going or being involved in a trade or really in a free agent signing. There's really not a lot that the Bears are looking at right now. Uh, Zach, any further iterations on that? Yeah, so like you said, Trubisky is like, he's not the guy. And everyone will always go back on it like, wow, the Bears picked Trubisky over Mahomes, over Deshaun Watson, over Josh Allen. So it's like, the Bears really need to step it up. They signed Nick Foles from his time in Jacksonville. But he was just not able to return to his Super Bowl MVP form. Now, one would probably assume that just because it looked like it was a one-time thing. But he this year he played and he was just not good. And granted, Trubisky won the Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player. Um, but that doesn't get you anywhere in the real world of the NFL. So I think that... With the 20th overall pick, they won't be able to take a quarterback. They'll assure something up with the defense. Um, so they're either going to have to stick with uh, Nick Foles or uh, run it back with Trubisky one more time to see if he can uh, see if he can earn his money again. But I don't think so. So going off with what Zach said about having to earn money again, Cam Newton is a free agent this year and it's definitely interesting to see where he will go where he could go uh for me i think a lot of options are viable for cam newton he really didn't have the best season and we're going to touch on that in just a second but i think he he showed that he still has a little bit left in the tank depending on who else sees that or not is going to be the deciding factor but I think he's he done it. He's done enough in the last season that he could potentially earn a starting job at one of these heavy QB needy teams. But outside of those real needy teams, I think he'd just be a backup. But we're gonna swing to Zach here. Yeah. So going off of what Chris said, he um he definitely had his worst statistical year of his career. He. Threw for 2,657 yards, which is only better than the year that he was hurt last year. He threw for eight touchdowns. In a full season, throwing for eight touchdowns is probably something that I could do in the NFL. He also threw for 10 picks, which obviously is a negative touchdown-to-interception ratio. And... He was more he was just used for running, really. He was a Russian quarterback who could throw the ball sometimes. And unless you are Lamar Jackson or the MVP Cam Newton, that's just not really gonna get you anywhere successfully in the NFL this like this time around. Like Mike Vick was a great quarterback because of his running ability back in the day. I brought up Lamar Jackson, but he can also somewhat throw the ball. Cam Newton showed none of that last year. 
Josh Allen can run the ball, but he's known for throwing more. Kyler Murray, the same. There's all of these quarterbacks throughout the league who can throw the ball well, also run the ball well. Cam Newton showed that he can only run the ball well. And that's just going to be difficult for teams to take the leap of faith on him because he'll probably ask for a decent paycheck because he brought his team to the Super Bowl in the past. He was an MVP, a former first overall pick. So teams are going to have to decide whether it's worth it or not to use him as a bridge quarterback because, quite frankly, he doesn't have many years left in the league. So they're going to have to decide if they want him to be a bridge for one year or maybe even two years until they find their franchise guy. So given the fact that the Patriots don't want to re-sign Cam Newton, and personally, I totally see why they wouldn't, they are left with two studs at quarterback in Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Sidham. Chris, what do you think of these two fellas? Yeah, easily all-star potential, probably MVP candidate. I'm completely joking. They're easily second or third string, probably third string at best. But with the situation that the Patriots are in right now, that's really looking like they're number one and number two guys. So the Patriots are another team, like a lot of others really so far this offseason, that need the guy at quarterback. And bringing Cam back really isn't the best option for them. Like Zach was saying earlier, he's clearly shown that he's more of a runner. He can't really throw the ball like he used to. But um, I think that the Patriots could definitely make a splash in the draft. They could make a splash somewhere with free agency in the NFL. They, they kind of have one of the more open spectrums of what to do and where to get someone right now. So it's definitely possible that they could grab someone from the draft. I think that would be my best guess. And your best guess is also my best guess. I personally think that the Patriots could go linebacker with the 15th overall pick, but Mac Jones is just too good of a of a pick for them, especially with the guys that they have in their quarterback room right now. You can't be a successful team with Brian Hoyer at the helm. And I think that they're also going to have to add a couple other offensive pieces in free agency with Julian Edelman being injury prone and he's getting up there in age two. You're left with Nikhil Harry, who really just is eh for a former first round pick. And Demir Bird showed something. Jacoby Myers showed a little bit. But it's like, are you going to be successful with those maybe second-tier wide receivers as your starters? I don't think so. They need to bring someone in like an Allen Robinson, like a Kenny Galladay. Juju would be a good fit for them. Any, Basically, any of the good free agency wide receivers would be good. Chris, do you have anything else to say? Yeah, banking off the wide receivers, I feel like a good fit there would be Kenny Galladay for, honestly, Robinson too, for a really a big-bodied wide receiver who can really go up and get the ball, who can win one-on-ones a lot. And 
Galladay more than Robinson really a deep threat. So I feel like the Patriots definitely need to make a splash at uh, wide receiver also just to help out whoever they may bring in, whether that be Mac Jones, whether that be someone in free agency that isn't just out there yet. So now going across the country into San Fran, we find the Patriots' former quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo now holding a big question mark up to the Niners. Zach, your thoughts? Yeah, so Jimmy G was out for realistically the whole year last year. The year before brought his team to the Super Bowl, but many would argue that it was the defense that got them there, that fantastic 49ers defense. And there have also been rumors that Jimmy Garoppolo could find himself back in New England. That being said, nobody knows because when Jimmy G is healthy, brings his team to the Super Bowl, but can he stay healthy? And will he be able to return to that form? That is the big question mark in San Francisco because if you look in their depth chart, who do they have? They have Nick Mullins. Eh. C.J. Beathard? No. So there's really no one that suits the 49ers if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, like we previously stated, the 49ers are a very interesting spot because Deshaun Watson has come out and said that he would like to play there. They have good weapons. They have good running backs like Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, and even Jeff Wilson showed out at the end of the year. They also have decent receivers in Brandon Ayuk, the fantastic rookie. Richie James was a bright spot. And you can't forget about George Kittle, arguably the best tight end in the league. So if a quarterback can find themselves there, they, were, they will most likely succeed. And you also have to remember the fact that the 49ers defense was plastered with injuries. They lost Bosa. I'm drawing a blank, but they lost Bosa. They also lost to Forrest Buckner to the Colts. That was a huge loss for them. The Forrest Buckner was an all-pro this past season. So if you get a defense like that with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, or even if Jimmy G becomes healthy, they will contend again, and you can mark my words that they will. Yeah, I, I completely agree there with it being a very heavily contending team, especially if everyone's healthy. And if you throw a guy like Deshaun Watson into a mix like that, that team will wreck the league. That team will wreck the league. There's just too much talent on that offense in a three-headed running back backfield. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. There's just too much to not. There's just too much not to just be in love with with that offense. And like Zach was saying, with the defense, a lot of hits. Lost Buckner. Just. And and then the injuries there. If that if that whole team stays healthy, and even with Garoppolo there, that team is very good. But with Watson there, that team is just going to tear the league to shreds. Yeah, like if a Jimmy Garoppolo led Forty ers could make the Super Bowl. Imagine what a Deshaun Watson led Forty ers could do. That's something I'll let everyone else think about, but. That thought scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And Chris, you want to know what also scares me? 
I bet a healthy Dak Prescott is your answer. That is exactly my answer, which brings us to our next topic. What will the Cowboys do with Dak Prescott? Chris, give us your thoughts. Uh, I think they're going to franchise tag him. That's kind of just, I feel like, the most obvious answer. Yes, he is a very focal point in the Cowboys' offense, and he really got the job done, and you could see how badly the Cowboys declined when he wasn't there. So, and But I don't think Jerry Jones wants to give Dak the amount that he's asking for, so I think they're just going to give him the tag, say we'll deal with it later, and just move on from next year. Yeah, so like you said, Dak is going to ask for a bunch of money. I think I saw something like last year he wanted $135 million, which is absurd for a quarterback who hasn't proven his worth yet. Oh, yeah. Yes, he had a good rookie year, declined a little bit. He was on pace to throw for 6,000 yards beginning of this year. Would he hit it? Definitely not. But we'll have to see how his ankle heals and how he uh, how he bounces back with the weapons that he has in Dallas. Because Amari Cooper, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb are all great receivers. And obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, he had a down year because Dak was out. With Dak healthy, Zeke will improve. The offensive line should be healthy again. And they'll have good tight ends like Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. Chris, anything else? No, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. A lot of offensive weapons available to Dak, but he's just got to be on the field to use them. Having Dak out there definitely takes a lot of stress off of Zeke, definitely a lot of stress off of uh, the receivers and the tight ends. And yes, Dak is a very big difference maker for the Cowboys, but for the money that he's asking, I don't think that Jerry Jones is going to cash him out on that. So to finish off the NFC least, let me emphasize the least part, uh, the worst division in football, we are going to head to the New York Giants, who Daniel Jones, is he their guy? Chris, tell me, is he their guy? I would say for right now, yeah, because they're not really in the mix. It doesn't look like they've put a lot of attention towards signing someone else, and they're really staying by Daniel Jones' side. I think that with Saquon back, it'll be a huge relief. And with really just a lot of their injured pieces out aside from Saquon, it'll definitely be a big boost to Jones. And overall, just the team really. Saquon is a really big part of that team emotionally and definitely physically on the field. But with him back, he's a big relief for everyone really on that Giants team. Yeah, you really uh, you really got down to it there. Um, the Giants have the 11th pick in this year's draft. Obviously, they won't take a quarterback, but they will be able to take probably one of the top three receivers in the draft, whether that's Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, or Jamar Chase. Personally, I think Jalen Waddell will be there, but they could also replace Butterfingers Evan Ingram and draft Kyle Pitts, the great tight end of Florida. So there's definitely potential for them to become that once good offense that they were and pair that with the Giants' defense that really turned it up at the end of this past season. They could, they could be a problem in the NFC. They could be a sleeper team. All right, Chris, so we are, uh, we're nearing the end of our first ever episode of the Gridiron Bench Squad podcast. Do you have anything else in the world of quarterbacks in the NFL to talk to us about? 
think you're forgetting a little bit of a sleeper team here. The Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, you are right. I am forgetting about the Raiders. They definitely have an interesting situation in what they want to do with Carr and Mariota. Mariota looking to be traded by the Raiders, and Carr still just really mediocre at best. He's He has his ups and downs, but he's fairly average, I'd say, about most of the time. And I think the Raiders can definitely pull something okay from Mariota, especially with a few decent games under his belt this season. But um, outside from that, really, I'm not sure what else they can get from him aside from maybe some mid to late round picks. That's exactly it. Like He, he didn't really prove his second overall pick worth when he was in Tennessee. Came in for Derek Carr for one or two games. I think it was actually just one game, but he played well. He almost won. Um, but yeah, so if you're a team that is in desperate need of a quarterback, maybe inquire about a possible trade for Mariota. See what you can get out of him. Because like I said, he was a second overall pick, so he's got to have some talent, right? So, um, yeah, I think, I think he could possibly be not like a, not like a star in the league, but he could definitely get it done. And they're going to stick, the Raiders are going to stick with Derek Carr. I don't think, uh. I don't think that's in question. They they just need to keep building around them. With uh, Henry Ruggs not looking to be as good as everyone thought he would be, Nelson Aguilar kind of turned it up. Darren Waller's a great tight end. Still needs a little bit more to get it done. Also, their defense sucks. So I feel like they'll work on that first, and maybe they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to put something together. And with that, Chris, that brings us to the end of our first ever episode. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at 27ZachBauer, Z-A-C-H-B-A-U-E-R. And you can follow me on Instagram at ZachBauer, Z-A-C-H-B-A-U-E-R-R. There's two N's at the end of my Instagram handle. So I'm going to let Chris finish this off. Chris? Yep, thanks for coming on today, Zach. It was a great day having you. And you can follow me on Twitter at D-I-M-E-D-I-O underscore Chris. And I believe that'll wrap it up for our week one introductory podcast of the Gridiron Bench Squad podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a good day.